welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and it's my hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Well, hello again, everyone. How are you? I hope you are doing great. This week, I wanted to kind of keep going with what I started discussing last week. If you listened to last week's episode, episode uh, 40, you know that I took a few weeks off and didn't record anything just because life got in the way and there was, you know, life got busy. You know, I was kind of feeling a bit overwhelmed with all that was going on in in the world and everything, and I just didn't feel like getting behind the, the microphone. So I want to continue that and talk a little bit more about it because, interestingly, this past week... I received several confirmations that I wasn't alone, which is always nice when you get those. You know, when the Lord sends you those and he's like, you know, I, I understand you're not alone. You, were, you aren't alone uh, and you probably are feeling the same way. So I want to talk a little bit about that today and tell you what we'll cover in the next one or two episodes to, to come. Like I said, I received uh, several confirmations of what I described that I was feeling and, uh, and experiencing, uh, one brother expressed how overwhelmed he'd been feeling and just asked for prayer. And that was just a general out on social media thing, which I thought was pretty bold to just say that and put that out on, on Twitter and another podcaster, uh, like me, uh, he, he began his recent episode with a similar apology to, to his listeners for his lack of, of shows lately. And, you know, it was funny because he pretty much just said, uh, sorry, I haven't put out uh, new shows in a while. All I can say is um, 2020. And, I mean, he said a little bit more than that, but essentially, I'm sure all his other listeners understood exactly what he's trying to say, just as I did. So that was a, another confirmation of this. I also thought it was interesting that both of them were from men as well. Uh, good Christian godly men. As far as the uncertainty about like the election goes, uh, I read a helpful verse this week that I wanted to share with you. You know, I'm doing the uh, one-year Bible. Now I'm in Daniel and First uh, Peter, Second Peter, Listen to what Daniel says to Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4, 25, which, by the way, this verse is kind of interesting. It's actually in a letter or a decree that Nebuchadnezzar wrote after he had gotten his senses back from the Lord and was no longer living as an animal out in the wild, and he had been restored. So as you read this quote, it's in the literary sense, it's interesting because it's Daniel recording Nebuchadnezzar's words, who was recording Daniel's words. So it's just kind of interesting. But anyway, here's what it says. Daniel 4.25. The Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. And by the way, Daniel repeats that same verse or that same truth to Nebuchadnezzar's son, who was then king of Babylon after him, uh, Belshazzar, in Daniel 5, 21. 
I'll read it again. The Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. So that's a good reminder. You know, I, I was very thankful to the Lord for letting me see that this week. It was just a good reminder that as we're waiting to see how this all shakes out, ultimately, the Lord is going to give this kingdom of the United States to whichever candidate he will. I don't want to say we just have to rest in that because then it sounds resigned to it and we shouldn't be simply resigned to God's will. We should be resting in it. We should be relieved in it. I hope that gives some rest and relief to God's will that, look, no matter how it shakes out, the Lord is the one who gives the kingdoms of men to anyone he wishes. Besides that, as I think about our present collective storm, you know, last week I used the the illustration of the disciples on the boat and uh, on the sea and the storm and the wind and the waves and them looking at those and fearing for their lives and that sort of thing. Just a reminder that I was doing the same thing. And there's also obviously a parallel there with when Peter walks on the water with the Lord. And again, he starts looking at the, at the things around him, gets his eyes off the Lord and starts sinking. And that the same sort of thing. But in reflecting on these, like I said, this present collective storm of um, COVID-19 and then what I think is far worse, the, the political exploitation of it, the unsettled election, the unsettling, to me, the unsettling thoughts of a Biden administration advancing really all manner of, of evil. I mean, really, if you look at their agenda, there's just so much that's contrary to, to God and to the word of God. But as I think of all of these things that are going on in the world and you know, what's going to happen in the future? How's this going to shake out economically, politically? How are Christians going to be singularly persecuted, even as we see it like in the UK and in Scotland and some of the laws that are trying to be put in place? I could think of at least really five emotions that a Christian will, will naturally feel in any given moment. Here are the five, the five emotions I, I could think of that a Christian will naturally feel in any given moment. The first is fear. Now, fear, which though human, is it's not of faith. And so it's a sin to be repented of. But nevertheless, we will go into these moments of being fearful. A second emotion is peace. What I would call a settled, holy, calm a settled holy calm in the midst of unsettled circumstances. Uh, Jesus says, my peace I give you. A third, a third emotion, so we've got fear, we've got peace. Now, all automatically, right, There's those are two very different ends of the spectrum. In, the, in between them, there's concern. In fact, that's particularly for those of us who are married men. In fact, let me, uh, let me read this from 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 7, Paul writes in verse 28, But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. He's writing to, the, to them and he says, I don't want to spare you of this. But he says that those who marry will face many troubles in this life. 
So that's a, that's a fact. And then also a few verses down, that was verse 28 and verse 32. Paul says, I would like you to be free from concern. That's, that was Paul's wish for them. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. Now listen to this. And this concern, this is why I say this is particular to married men. I mean, married women have concern also. Verse 33, but a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. Skipping down, it says, but a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. Paul is showing that it's natural that married men, married women will have concern in this life. We're always going to be concerned. We're always going to have one eye on what's going on in the world. Um, you know, whether it's for the, the man, you know, am I going to be laid off? And then for the woman, it might be, well, what is that going to mean? If, if he's laid off, how are we going to pay the mortgage? How are we going to pay the bills, etc. cetera? Um, and so there's concern. So that's a third emotion. Uh, incidentally, by the way, I, I want to also point out that this is why we men are to be men. We're to be godly men and not, not just little boys. Not, um, you know, we're to, we're to act like we're to be men. Our wives need us to be men, not little boys. So there's fear, peace, concern, and that's just a natural concern for, the, for what's going on in the world and you know, how does it relate to our lives. A fourth emotion is distressed or tormented. And this is, again, these are natural emotions that we're going to feel in this world. And I get those words specifically from from Second Peter. Listen to what the the Lord inspires Peter to write about Lot. In Second Peter, chapter two, verse seven. And if he that is God, if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. For that righteous man, living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. Now, obviously, Peter there gives us a lot of insight into Lot that we don't get if we go back and read the story in Genesis. So, it's good that the Lord gives us this insight because now we really see that Lot was Lot was really conflicted about where he lived and, and burdened by what he saw and what he had to endure just being a citizen there. And so in the same way that Lot had been uh, distressed and tormented, the scripture says, uh, by what he saw in his culture around him, well, so are we. Uh, it, it's biblical to feel that distress, that torment 
of seeing our culture get farther and farther and farther from God uh, and from what we know is right. Not just, uh, and that's not saying we should be return to uh, 1950s America. 1950s America was godless. It was. You know, there was a lot of external morality. And yes, there, the, the culture was different. Uh, there were things that, you know, you could leave your door unlocked at night and that sort of thing. But the, the, the key is not to get back into a position of um, external morality, right? We want, we want to see godliness, true godliness. And when we don't see it in society, when we see the exact opposite, it grieves us. So that's another emotion, fear, peace, yes, but then concern, but then also this element of being distressed and tormented by the culture we see around us, the burden of living in this kind of society. And then also, lastly, joy and gladness. So again, another difference, another opposite end of the spectrum, right? In John 16.33, what, what does Jesus say? He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart or be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So Jesus tells us to have joy, to have gladness, to be of good cheer. And also, going back to Lot and Second Peter, Peter also reminds us and reminds his readers then and reminds us today, Second Peter 2, 9, we finished at verse 8, but verse 9 continues, if this is so, so let me go back and read this. And if he, God, rescued Lot, a righteous man, who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men, for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for their day of judgment while continuing their punishment. The point there is, for us, is that the Lord knows how to deliver his people, his godly people. That should give us joy and gladness to know that he has it all under control. And of course, we could think of Romans 8.28 as well. All of those, by the way, are just natural realm kinds of emotions and trials and things. That, that, that's not even talking about what we would feel and experience on a spiritual level. As we encounter temptations, as we see sin in our heart, as we give in to sin throughout the day, as we are receiving the, the arrows of accusation from the enemy, and, and just all these things that are related to spiritual temptation and, and the warfare that exists. All that to say, that's a lot. I was thinking, how you know, what's a good, 
what's a good illustration to, to tie all this together? What, you know, I was trying to think, man, what, you know, how do you, how do you describe all these different things going on at one time? And I finally, I finally thought of something and my wife's going to laugh when she hears this, but it's true. If you've ever ridden a motorcycle, I'm pausing because I know she's laughing. If you've ever ridden a motorcycle, um, you you feel the air so much more on a motorcycle than in a car. Even in a convertible, it's different. You you just feel the air all around you, and the smells and all, everything is just so much more. Uh, you're just there more. You can you're just so much more a part of the the air around you. Well, along with that. As you're driving in any given stretch or riding in any given stretch, if there's um, if there's changes in the air, if there's uh, bodies of water nearby, especially, you're going to be riding along, and all of a sudden, if it's warm out, it's going to get cool. Uh, not all the time, but I mean, there there are there are these pockets of cool, you know, or you're going to go into a shady part and it's going to cool down, or well, and so. Through the day, through our lives, it's kind of like that where, you know, you're going to go, you're going to be cruising along and you're feeling pretty much at peace. And then you're going to see something, you're going to feel something and you're going to, something's going to, the air is going to change and it's going to feel cool and you're going to fear. So now you've gone to fear and you're going to keep going and then you might feel joy and gladness and then you might feel distress and torment because just something else reminds you that this world is not your home. And then you're going to feel peace again. And then you're going to be cruising along and you're going to feel just concern. And so all, all this happens every single day. It's all part of being human, being in this world. Uh, so on the one hand, what we feel is perfectly natural because we're human and but at the same time that's not an excuse right uh for for us as believers it just means that we're aware of it and we look to the lord and just like on a motorcycle you know you don't stop the bike because the, the temperature suddenly went cold you know in some area you you keep on riding and it's the same thing in life. You, you keep on going. And, uh, and those things will pass. You know, those, you'll know after a while as you, you realize that, okay, I'm, I'm in this season of, of fear right now. I'm in this season of, uh, I, and I need to, I know I'm sinning. I need to repent. Uh, you thank the Lord for the seasons of peace and joy and gladness and you're aware of when you're distressed and tormented by the culture and, and you recognize that and you recognize when you're when there's good godly honest concern lord how do i you know how do i provide for my family or how do i do these things and then where where you're you're tripping and sinning into being overly concerned and not trusting the lord so the point is you know, no wonder we we have no hope of keeping our wits about us without being daily in the Word, 
and in prayer. It's so, so important for us as Christians to be making time every single day. And it's not just something that we just check off in the morning, uh, but we have to be thinking through the day as we get opportunity. We must corral our heart back to back to the Lord. You know, even if it's just taking a minute in the middle of whatever you're doing and just thinking about the Lord, it's constantly trying to pray without ceasing. You know, obviously we're going to be focused on our work during the day. Uh, you know, we're going to be doing different things. But we have to be believers who are as much as possible, as much as humanly possible, bringing ourselves back, disciplining ourselves back to, to the Lord, to the Word, to prayer. We must, must, must do that. Otherwise, you know, we're, we're in big trouble. Uh, you know, we, we just are. We, we have to constantly look to the Lord. And that really is where it's it's Romans 12, 1, right? That's that's part of having our mind renewed. And it's uh, Hebrews 12, 1. It's looking unto Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, so j- those are just some thoughts about faith and our feelings. You know, I think it was Martin Lloyd-Jones. I think, I, I didn't look this up, but I think he was the one that just talked about the fact that, look, our, our feelings are are our feelings. We feel what we feel. But nevertheless, you know, faith must supersede those, must triumph over that. And of course, you know, Jay Adams says, says the same thing. So let's you and I be committed first in our own hearts to following after God wholeheartedly. And then we'll also be able to equip and exhort and counsel and bear with the burdens of our brothers and sisters. Now, over the next couple weeks, the next couple episodes, I'm going to try to give some encouragements for stressful times. Uh, what are some What are some things we can do? What are some things we can keep in mind when things are stressful? You know, uh, so that we can just, again, have these defenses, have these, have these things in mind as we go through life. And if you have uh, some ideas on that, feel free to email me at show at graceandpeaceradio.com, show at graceandpeaceradio.com. You know, maybe I'll add them to the list. So that's what I'll be covering over the next two, probably two episodes, I think. So what, what encourages you in these days we're living in? in these uh, stressful times. You know, it's funny. Nine months ago, the joke was, uh, everybody was talking about, in these uncertain times, in these uncertain times. And now we've gone to just flat out stressful times. But the Lord is faithful. The Lord is still sovereign. He's still on the throne. He has not ceded or yielded one iota of authority of sovereignty over the affairs of everything. So keep that in mind. And to him be the glory. All right. Have a great week. Thanks for joining me. And Lord bless you. 
Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash graceandpeaceradio. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.